Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of All Keyed Up, the review podcast type of streaming services like Netflix, HBO Max, Disney Plus, Prime, yada yada, you know the rest. I'm your host, Greg Deeds, with me always is my adoption. How you been this week? I've had a trying week, to be honest. Uh, you know, it's, a lot of stuff has happened in the past few days. In the past five days have been really tough. Um, I'm not going to go into why, but from Friday to yesterday, which was Tuesday, as if we're recording this on Wednesday, let's just say that, um, yeah, just things have been hard. And fucking tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, so if you're uh, listening and you follow us and you're in the U.S., we hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, or yeah, if real. you're celebrating as of the day, you know, sometime this weekend, hopefully your holiday goes well. Uh, and, you know, if you're into the whole Black Friday madness, good luck. Hope you find what you're looking for and don't get in any fights over uh, over products on the shelves. Yeah, no need to punch I've, any, I've anybody's s- Nana. I've seen those fucking videos. I've seen Nanas get punched. Oh, yeah. Um, well, before we get into how I'm doing, uh, let's briefly address the elephant in the room. Um, as far as, as we understand, uh, Betty will no longer be joining us on the podcast. Uh, creative differences, yada, yada, you know, the fucking drill, um, what they say, but, uh, uh, she's going to be concentrating on her store. She opened up a new store and, uh, well, reopened her old store. Reopened. Just, sorry. Yes, yeah. Reopened yeah. She's having her grand reopening today as of the, the, we published this. Um, cause you know, she, she had to shut down at the start of the pandemic and she's not been able to open. Yeah. And it's a wonderful little shop. Uh, she's rebranded and she's been focusing all of her efforts on that. And, you know, as a result, she's not going to have the time to contribute to this show. Uh, and that's totally understandable and we wish her the best and hope she does very well in all her endeavors. Yep. You know, um, um, yeah, uh, we, uh, for, for weeks we had talked about watching, um, uh, what was it called? Uh, wheel of time, wheel, wheel of time on Amazon. Yeah, she's a big Prime. fan. Yeah. She's a big fan of the, uh, the books. And, um, and we, so we were going to have a long discussion about like the differences and yada, yada. But since Maya and I have not read the books and both of us found the first three episodes to be a bit boring incredibly boring it was like i paint i paint miniatures and i paint other things and watching paint dry on a miniature doesn't take that long uh but it's far more interesting than anything this show had to offer had to offer i'm not gonna lie like there were moments i was watching it and i'm looking at my phone and i go oh man it's been like what 30 minutes in the show and i look at my phone it's been 10 yeah yeah, each episode, even though they were like an hour long, each episode felt like I was watching uh, something the length of, say, Titanic or Avengers Endgame, but without yeah. anything interesting going on. 
it was weird because I felt like a solid six hours had passed and I'm not even kidding. And we finished, my dad and I finished the first three and it was like noon. And I'm like, I swear I spent more time watching the show. So, um, but you know, I think that we, us two, we're just, we're just going to skip out on it on reviewing it. Um, I'm going to stick with it week to week, but I, we're not going to review it because uh, I'll probably wait until it's completely done and then binge it while doing something like miniatures. <laughs> yeah. While painting. Um, but yeah, yeah, we won't be talking about it because do you really want to hear us go on week to week about how bored we are with the show? Exactly. Uh, you know, maybe something will happen that picks up and gets better. But I don't have high hopes for it. It's just yeah. the the four leads that they have casted as the four heroes. I find about as interesting as a boil on your ass. <laughs> what was funny was I was talking to uh, my buddy Andy, who's when he was uh, painting a long time ago, like he he was that was his job was painting houses uh, with his buddy, and he would have audiobooks. He listened to the entire Game of Thrones and a whole bunch of other things, but he was listening to Wheel of Time. I think he got through three and a half books. I think is what he told hmm. me. And I was telling him how how bored I was watching it, and he was like, "Oh, when you know when the when the those four mains when they leave the village." And I'm like, "What village are you referring to? Because they were already attacked by those Minotaur creatures, and it didn't get better." And he was like, "Oh, I don't know." <laughs> like, yeah, dude, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah, but. Uh, but you know, in the show's defense, and I will say this, Game of Thrones started off slow. Like I found more entertainment in Game of Thrones in the beginning by a long fucking shot, but it still had a slow start. So I've only watched through Game of Thrones one time, and I didn't start watching it until two weeks before the show's actual ending. That's when I started watching it. Um and I remember that I was still entertained far, far more in just the first three episodes of that show than this one. <laughs> and yeah. I, which is funny because I've heard Game of Thrones comparisons, like, "Oh, this could be the next Game of Thrones." No, which is weird to me because I, to me, it was like a bit more complicated. Uh, uh, Lord of the Rings is what this world feels like doesn't even feel that complicated well i should i should clarify that because i know we said we weren't going to talk about it a ton but i i do want to bring something up um when storytelling i'm a big advocate for focus um i think that this show would be a lot better if it didn't have five branching stories um concentrating on so many different characters is not as entertaining to me i think uh personally if you really want to engage your audience um it's probably a good idea to um like okay lord of the rings let's take lord of the rings for example who's the focus well it depends on which aspect of the story but for the most part, Frodo. Right. Like, I'm not saying that there aren't side characters and the side characters don't have important aspects of the story, but Frodo is the focus. And you can enjoy Lord of the Rings um, without 
knowing too much about the other characters or even remembering most of the characters. You just kind of know the story of Frodo and what he went through. Sure, there's Helm's Deep and there's other there's other cool things that happen, but Frodo's the focus. Who's the focus of Wheel of Time? Fuck Vano. Now, Game of Thrones is slightly different in that because there's so many stories, but who's the focus of Lord of, of Game of Thrones? Jon Snow. I would argue the Starks. Well, this the Starks, you know, the Starks and the Lannisters, but more the Starks. Uh, but of the Starks, you know, Jon Snow's a big focus. Yes. That's the thing. It's and, and you know, as the story of this show goes on, you know, it may become more entertaining, more enjoyable, and it may find its focus. Uh, and I hope it does. You know, I don't wish ill on any endeavor, any project. No, yeah. Uh, I want them to succeed. I'm still bitter over why the last man. God damn it! That um, was they, they did a really good job with that. Yeah, yeah. Still hoping it gets picked up. But that, anyway. that was also that was also a funny situation because that focus, like I talked about, the comic book focuses on York. He's the mm-hmm. main focus. Period. Um, but the show was like, eh, we're gonna pull focus quite a bit. And I was like, okay, so we have three focuses then, but they were all of the same family. And I was like, that's fine. That's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I mean by focus. And and like I said, wheel the Wheel of Time show doesn't feel like it has that focus yet. That's that's my problem. But um, maybe it'll find its footing. Maybe, yeah. I hope so because the world is really cool. Like legitimately, the world that that it, it resides in is is a fucking rad idea. So that's but that's that's all we'll say on that. And uh, maybe we'll revisit it when the season's over and talk about it. We'll see. I have no idea. But um, uh, the main as, focus. Speaking say, of focus, I was gonna say yeah, Mike, because I because I haven't said how my week went. Um, it's been fine. <laughs> I really, there's nothing really noteworthy of. Uh, my dad's doing a lot better, a lot fucking better. Uh, he um uh. Uh, he's now because he like he feels better and his arm doesn't hurt as much. He's now doing what we agreed he would do once I started door dashing. We have a lot of storage spaces in the house, a lot. Um, and I think most of that stuff doesn't need to be kept. Um, one of the conversations that him and I have had a bit morbid, admittedly, is that, um, you know, him and my mom are getting older and we have seen, uh, too much recently. Um, death in our family and one of the things that we have had an unfortunate uh situation to deal with is what to do with a person's items once they're gone yeah so uh my dad and my mom are slowly i don't want them to do it quickly are going through all that storage finding out what we can keep what we can toss what we can sell my dad's like, there's a ton of stuff that we can sell. Like I can put it on let go. And I'm like, fantastic. Let's do that. I suggest we have, I suggested we have a fucking yard sale before that, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, he's finally going through all that. And it was, I was really happy to see that because uh, I know that he's been wanting to, but with the medical and, issues, he wasn't able to. So, And getting rid of stuff that you've had for a long period of time that essentially just takes up space that you never use 
and you haven't touched it. <gasps> Pardon me, I got a hiccup all of a sudden. All right. They're gone now. <laughs> um, getting rid of it, purging it, so to speak, is cathartic. Like, yeah, one of the things that I did, well, you know, I'm a big collector. And big focus of my collection is Transformers. And the boxes that they came in, when we lived in our old place, I kept all of the boxes. The only reason I kept all of the boxes is because I knew we weren't going to stay there forever. We had planned on moving. We had always been looking for a different place to live because the place we were in, landlord wasn't great. And, you know, things would be in need of repair and it would be neglected and he wouldn't repair it and it was just frustrating so we're like yeah we're finding another place to live and we've been here in this place for a year and a half now and fucking love it um but i kept all of my boxes and a friend of mine was like you should just throw away all those boxes i was like no i'm keeping the boxes because i'm moving and it's easier to store them in for moving because these things cost anywhere from 60 to $250 on average, you know, it just depends. The price ranges widely, but the, the least inexpensive ones are 60 bucks a piece. And, you know, I've got some that, well, you know, some sets like have cost 500 bucks. Some cost 200 bucks. One in particular costs 300, you know, it's, so I'm going to protect those things. So I kept the boxes when we moved. I packed them in all the boxes and transported everything safely and nothing got broken. And then the day we moved in and the few days after, you know, unpacking, as I was unpacking everything, it's like box pile, trash, 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 purged everything. And it was cathartic to get rid of all that shit. Yeah. Long way of saying it's, it's, it feels good to throw stuff away or get rid of things. Um, yeah, I've done that quite a few times with myself because I, I, I'm, I'm a big, a big, a big advocate of not like having too much shit. And then also, I'm also a big advocate of like, unless it's legitimately worth something, I'm not going to keep it in its box. I just am not like, it's, it's not, there's no point in it for me. Um, I don't know. So like, uh, most of the stuff I have is not worth anything, which is the point. Well, it has value to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's and that's it. That's the value to me is that it looks cool on my shelf, and uh, it me like it, you know it's something that I enjoy. But um, uh, most time, most of the time, the boxes I I just don't keep them. I just get rid of them. But that's that's me. Um, where the fuck were we in our conversation? Oh, uh, we were getting ready to move on to the focus of the show. Yeah, Jesus. I, was like, <laughs> I got real fucking lost there in my thoughts. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, we are going to be talking about the live-action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop. Uh, part of this conversation is going to be interesting because I'm a huge fan of the anime. Uh, it is my favorite anime. Um, and uh, Maya, you've never watched it, have you? The anime. I have not. I have not. I thought about giving it a watch beforehand, but I decided to wait. Um. And I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it now. Uh, well, not like this second, but I'm going to watch <laughs> it. Since. Yeah. Um, uh, 
because so, I'm interested in seeing how faithful the adaptation is versus the original uh, source material, the differences, etc. So, so I'm I'm going to start this conversation off with this is a good adaptation. Um, now I, I'm using my words very specifically here. It's a good adaptation. Uh, there are things that this show does. So before we get into that, let's kind of explain what the thing, what the show is. Um, very simply, it takes place in 2077. Uh, people have been able to space fare and to terraform sections of moons and planets within our solar system and have created a pseudo faster than light warp tunnel. It's uh, think of it as like an uh, of an interstellar spaceway or, or highway or something like that. The the uh, gates that they travel with, yeah, reminded um, me very much of Mass Effect. Yes, yeah, very much so. Um, the uh, the crux of the show uh, stars uh, Spike Spiegel, uh, Jet Black, and to a not lesser extent, but lesser in terms of on screen time, uh, Faye Valentine. Um, the, these three are bounties, bounty hunters, because the, the problem with terraforming parts of the, of, of space is that there's too much and a lot of it becomes wild west territory. Uh, sure. There are cops. There's the ISSP or interstellars, um, something police, not space police, but it's something police. Uh, and, uh. Uh, but they, you know, they're not everywhere because one of the big gangs within the, this universe is um, the, uh, the syndicate and think of them as the mafia or the Yakuza or something in that regard. That's kind of how they function. And uh, uh, Spike used to work for the syndicate. Jet used to work for the cops. He was a detective. Uh, both have great backstories um sad backstories uh and um as as of the shows like running or the the story that's being told is that the backstory is given to you in chunks and pieces as you go along with them on their bounty hunting adventures and it's it's fun and very neo-noir or, or um, bounty hunting misadventures there you go uh, and I was describing the anime, not the adaptation, by the way. So, oh, okay, keep, yeah, well, keep that in mind. That one thing I picked up on, uh, and I noticed like they're always taking bounty hunts, they're not very good at it. Um, well, something, something that the show that's that's actually something interesting to me, by the way, that you mentioned that because. They're not bad at it. No, no. I shouldn't say they're not very good at it. They're not very successful as in uh, turning this bounty alive. They're not good at that part. <laughs> right. I was going to say that they, they in the anime, it's, it's made very clear at a certain point that it's not the fact that they couldn't catch uh, these these um, bounties is that they always take the high risk high reward bounties, which usually end in you know tragedy. Um, the, the the live action didn't do a great job at explaining that. I feel 
I think you got a little bit of that in the one scene with Spike and Faye when they're like, when Jet leaves and he's like, pair up, take down a bounty. I'll see you later. And the entire episode is the two of them. Well, their chunk of the episode is the two of them arguing over which bounties to take. And they're wanting to take, you know, well, let's take this one. High risk, high reward. No, that one took out X, you know, amount of people. And they just couldn't decide on what bounty to take. And I think you get a little bit of that in that because it's like, let's go for this. No, let's not. Let's do this one. Let's chunk change. It's like they can't find a happy medium. Right. Um, so the, uh, that scene I fucking loved does not exist in the, in the anime, by the way. Um, that was, that was, yeah, that was the, the, um, producers having fun because the story of jet that was happening during that episode is in the anime, but I don't think they wanted to leave Faye and spike by themselves. Yeah. So, or at least leave them off screen, I should say. Um, and there, this this show did a lot of that because one of the big things about this show is it's roughly the first ten to twelve episodes of the anime just like stretch the fuck out. I was gonna say this didn't feel like the entire anime. I was gonna ask if it was only say half of it or well one a of one of, of the it. big things one of the big things that uh, I'll mention right off the bat uh, Radical Ed doesn't show up until episode nine. And she's not really a part of the bebop until like maybe eleven. Okay, and then, and, and that was that was the redheaded character at the very end, last scene of the season. Yes, yes, that's Ed. Uh, I'll say this much about that: like what we saw of Ed, um, little too much, just a little too much in regards to yeah, the it felt a little felt a little over the top. Um, don't get me wrong. Ed in the anime is over the top. She's ridiculous. She's like, I've never been around other kids, and I understand technology better than most humans. So she's kind of weird, but that's part of what people love about Ed. And um, uh, so her like introduction in in this show, uh, like at the very end, people were just kind of like, yikes. But also, and and. I'm going to say it again. I say it every fucking time we talk about an adaptation. An adaptation should not be exactly like the source material. It's why it's called an adaptation. (laughs) And we've brought this point up before, and we've always used Zack Snyder's Watchmen as our go-to for perfect example of a scene-for-scene, panel-for-panel adaptation. it's it's more of an interpretation than an adaptation. Yeah. Uh, and it falls flat. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I was going to say, starting out, I wasn't impressed. The first episode, I was like, this is it. This is what all the fuss is about. Second episode, I was like, eh. Third episode... <laughs> It started to pull me in. I think that was it. Was that the episode with the tree spores? Uh, I think so. That's when I got pulled in. Okay. When, when she's, when Faye's in the fucking, whatever that was, club, high society club or whatever. Yeah. 
or maybe it was a bank. I'm not sure what it was, but the eco-terrorists come in with fucking uh, Adrian Barbeau, by the way. Uh, Uh, When the eco-terrorists come in and they bumblefuck the fucking spores and (laughs) they're, they're hostage that, you know, their target accidentally gets turned into a fucking tree. That was awesome. And from that point on, I was hooked. Uh, That's also uh, completely new, by the way. <clears throat> really? So those characters are, are in the anime. They're bounties that they go after in a certain episode. Turning people into trees is not, is not a thing in the anime. That was cool. That was it was, cool. yeah, I, 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 I thought it was rad. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was the, the point that sold it for me, though, was, you know, Spike and Jet together are all right. It was the dynamic that Faye brought to the team. Yeah. That really helped pull the show in for me. One of the things, um, you mentioned that, one of the things for me in that in that regard that I absolutely was like, thank God they brought that in, was how annoyed Spike is with Faye immediately. Because that's a thing in the anime. They actually brought in a line from the anime directly and that was uh when spike looks at jet and goes how long is she going to be on the ship Hmm. um it's something that always sticks out in my mind because it's it's like when she's introduced onto the bebop within the anime um he is hyper fucking irritated with her uh but jet being like the good soul that he is was just like no whatever um so I, I really fucking appreciated that. And then, you know, of course, that scene with them arguing about bounties. I was like, oh, man, this is great. This is fucking great. I was actually kind of worried that you weren't going to be into the show for one very specific reason, by the way. Which specific reason would that be? The jazz. The all the jazz. I found it very annoying at first. <laughs> Not going to lie. It was hard for me to get past. because as we've said on this show i'm not a fan of jazz um there are but it worked in this it absolutely does well because that's again it's because it's it's built off of the the a noir style Um, yeah and and i was going to bring up an example of another instance another thing that uses jazz very heavily and it's something I absolutely adore, not the jazz itself, but the setting and everything, was the video game L.A. Noir. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the whole soundtrack, very jazz-heavy. Um, but it what, works for the setting of the game. Yeah, I was going to say, what, what makes jazz work for noir so well, whether it be neo-noir, dark noir, black noir, regular noir, whatever it is, the reason it works is because noir always feels like it, it doesn't have a direct path. You know, it's kind of going all over the place. It feels like it was written on a, on a whim, if you will. Just like jazz. Jazz feels like it's written on a whim. Written as it's being played. Or composed as it's being played. Um, and that's why I think that the music that the seatbelts do for Cowboy Bebop works so fucking well. Because it it the show, the story doesn't feel like like you never quite know where it's going to go. 
Um, and I'm again, this is the anime. The show does a, a great job at making that feel come through personally. Um, like the opening scene in the casino when they first introduce Spike and he kicks the coin into the dude's head. Mm-hmm. Um, that entire opening sequence, by the way, was inspired by the opening scene in the film in the in the anime movie. Okay. Uh, in the movie, Spike enters. He has he has headphones on like that, like full on like ear covering headphones. And there's a robbery in a convenience store, and um, Spike picks something up. I don't remember what it was, but then he kicks it into the into one of the bad guys' heads, and then just absolutely fucking mops the floor with all of them. And then some old lady inside the store was just like, "Who are you?" And he was like, "Just your humble bounty hunter, ma'am." Fucking fantastic opening scene, and so you can see. Like now that I've explained to you the scene in the anime, you can see why it was inspired for the opening of the show. Gotcha. But they, but they also like threw in threw in jet and you know the fact that it's in space. Like they wanted to cement that fucking feel immediately. But uh, um, but that opening sequence, you never quite know where it's gonna go, right? Like it yeah. never felt predictable. You're always like, whoa, okay, whoa, that's the. And so jazz tied with that, I think, is such a brilliant idea. Like the opening sequence, uh, tank. You know, I could three, two, one, let's go. But like, fuck, dude. Like the second that that song plays, I'm in some place. Like some, like somebody's phone goes off and it has that. I get, I get immediate goosebumps just because I love it so much. That's awesome. And uh, there's, there's a line amongst the fans, and that's you never skip the intro because it truly does give you that feeling. Um. But as you know, there are different types of jazz, right? Yeah, yeah. And there there are songs that they use in the show that are also in the anime that are a bit a bit slower jazz. So do you remember the scene where Jet and um his old partner are sitting on the hood of the car talking about like this is this is the same scene, this is the same episode where uh Spike and Faye are arguing over bounties? Yeah. And Spike's Partners playing the harmonica. Mm-hmm. That song is called Spooky Spooky. No, Spooky Doki. Um, I don't know. Like seatbelts have weird names for their song titles, but um, that harmonica is used. That song specifically is used quite a few times in the anime to let the audience know, hey, this next sequence is going to be a bit slower. Mm, okay. And I think this show utilized that very fucking well, personally. So I'm just going to gush over the fucking music of Cowboy Bebop for a minute because that's one of my favorite absolute things. Like, it's, I'm not like, I don't go out of my way to listen to jazz. Jazz isn't my go-to fucking style of music. It's, it's fine. I don't have an issue with it. But when... When it's used in Cowboy Bebop, it's perfect. Absolutely perfect. Um, to kind of move away from the music, or I could talk about that for the next hour, uh, there is a major difference between the show and the anime right away with one specific character, arguably a favorite character. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. That would be the Corgi Ein. Oh, okay. So, 
Ein in the anime. Uh, he is what's known as a data dog. They never say that in the in the, in the show. At least if they did, I missed it. No, they didn't. Yeah, not that I'm aware of. Uh, <clears throat> it's like the third episode of the anime that you meet Ein. I want to say. Uh, because the third episode has to do with that um, that bounty they were going after the the guy with the afro. Mm-hmm. He wasn't using a face changer in the anime that I remember, but the whole point of like he was the bounty, but he was stealing data dogs because something they they brought from the anime was that dogs are borderline extinct and they're only for like the rich. Yeah, and data dogs specifically are worth even more than that because. Um, they're bred to be hyper intelligent. There was a nod to it in the in an episode. It was where like Faye went and stole it, stole the um, stole Ein, mm-hmm. and they couldn't. She couldn't figure out to turn off the tracker, but I knew where it was and pressed it, and she was like, "Oh, you're a really smart dog." Like that was the closest they got to it. Oh, okay. Um, but uh. The other thing that I wasn't a fan of, and I wish they kind of didn't do it, but I understand why. There's a whole line of dialogue about what to name Ein. And because he's a data dog, they name him Einstein. But for the show, his code was E1. E1N. Yeah. And I was like, uh. I don't like that that much. <laughs> I wish they didn't change that, but you know, I'm not going to try to be nitpicky about it. Your turn to talk. <laughs> uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I'm glad I did. Uh, because initially, you know, that jazz soundtrack kicks in. I'm like, oh, no. And the action, you know, the, it, it took me a while to get used to this thing is filmed like an anime is animated um, in the action sequences. It's, you know, you get a lot of weird camera angles. Um, Which is and, a small critique of mine, by the way. You know, it actually, it slows down the fight sequences in some, in some, uh, in a lot of instances. Uh, slows it down, I think. I think um, that's a, a small problem of mine is that it tries too hard to be like the anime sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, it you know, it, a visual translation in this style, I think the fight sequences and the action sequences suffered just a little bit from it in, in the fact that they didn't flow. Right. Um, I wholeheartedly agree. Wholeheartedly agree. <clears throat> But other than that, I don't really have anything bad to say about the show. I do have one other bad thing to say. I do have one other critique. Anytime this show is on the Bebop or it's inside a building, looks fucking fantastic. The set dressing, the like making it look old looks fucking wonderful. If they're outside inside in a town, it's abundantly clear they're on a sound set. Yeah, yeah, I, I do agree with that. And Jet's robot arm didn't look metal at all. It looked like a leather arm. Yeah. And I know that's very hard to do without CG, and they went with practical effects. So, Which I appreciate to a point. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I 
Yeah. But, you know, and I'm sure this show didn't have the production budget of, say, Deadpool 2. Cable's arm looked fucking great. Yeah. Uh, Jet's arm looked like a leather arm. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's like but you said, it's, that's, a, that's a mild, mild complaint. It's not a deal breaker by any means. No, I think, uh, um, there are, there are a few creative choices that I don't quite understand, um, in terms of like visual stuff, like. I totally understand Faye's new outfit. Have you seen what she looks like in the anime? No. Way, way skimpier outfit. Like, way skimpier outfit. Like, you'll see it when you watch when you watch it, but her outfit is iconic because it's an anime, you know? Like, it's been around since 1998. Um, the, uh, the, the person who was um, basically hired to do the costumes... Uh, she was in an interview here recently, and one of the questions was like, so Faye's outfit is totally different. Um, like, is there a reason behind that? And have you seen the backlash? And she says, here's the thing. When I was hired to do this role, or not role, but do this job, uh, I was not familiar with the anime at all. Not even a little bit. But of course, I went and watched the whole thing, and I understood why people loved it. I became a big fan of it because it's fantastic. But she says one of the things that doesn't translate well to film um, or live action is skimpy anime costumes. It just doesn't work. Yeah. So she went through a lot of iterations for Faye, trying to figure out exactly how to make that work for for on-screen stuff and whatnot. And um, and uh, she had to go to her kids because her kids are huge fans of the anime. And when, they, when she got the job and told them, their first response was, hey, mom, don't fuck it up. Like that was their response, which is great. Um, okay, and, I'm seeing it now. That is very skimpy, very skimpy. Yeah, and there, there, and the anime has a full on reason for her dressing like that, and and you'll like it's it's basically to catch uh, bounties off guard because you know they're looking at a, an attractive woman in a skimpy outfit versus like what Jet and Spite look like. You know, honestly, I like the change. I don't have a problem with it. I think it still works. You know, it's not. I mean, she's still got the yellow shirt, but I think the addition of the fucking leather jacket with the red tones look great. Mm-hmm. I agree. I have no issues with it personally. Like that's uh, far from my like any issues that I have with the show. It's not her outfit at all. But something I want to point out is that like Spike's outfit and and Jet's outfit are not identical. Um, and. Uh, a few other characters are not identical, but that's the point. Like, that's what you have to do. Uh, I've seen a lot of critique online about, about vicious in that vicious doesn't look like his anime counterpart. And I'm like, okay, he looks fucking close enough. Who cares? Like you recognize him as vicious. Let's move the fuck on. Uh, Julia looks identical by the way. Good Lord. Um, and that's something I will say. Her character was a little predictable. Um, Interesting. You know why it wasn't predictable for me? Because it is the most far from the anime. Oh, so she wasn't secretly manipulating Vicious in the anime and wanting to do a power grab for herself because she found that she loved the syndicate life? Nope. Oh. You'll see, like when you watch the anime, you'll see what I'm talking about. But that shot in front of the stained glass window 
uh, with Vincent like holding the sword to Spike's throat while he has a gun to to his heart mm-hmm. is literally in the last five minutes of the anime. The last five minutes. Oh, so that didn't take place mid season. That was at the end. Oh, so they they took a lot of liberties with like the flow of the story, and that's why I'm really interested where season two is going to go for this show if it gets renewed. Um, hopefully, it does because I think it deserves it. Yeah, um, I do too. I, I absolutely do. And uh, I want to see how we're. I want to see uh, see where they go with that because that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like that was the biggest, the, probably the strongest change was that whole thing with Julia. Uh, that, but yeah, really, you know, my only critique is that it's like that was a little too on the nose for me. I was like, she is so pulling his fucking strings, and he doesn't even realize that he is blind to her manipulation. That's fascinating because I didn't. That was right over my head. Wow. I mean, you could understand why it was over my head because I wasn't like. <laughs> Well, you weren't you weren't expecting it at all, yeah. and me coming in blind and analyzing it. I guess it maybe it was easier for me to see. I don't exactly. know exactly. No, one hundred percent. Oh, another huge uh, change. Um, Spike's like uh, not Spike, but Jet's like really really strong relationship with his daughter. Like a lot of that does not happen in the anime either. Um, he has it. He has a daughter, uh, but we don't ever see scenes of him like trying to be a good father and all that kind of stuff because I don't know that's just not an, a large aspect of the anime <laughs> or at least if well, it does I, think, I don't remember that much I think I think showing that improves on his character then yeah I mean uh, like that was something that I I want to say that I, I loved about this show is that it took it took this spirit of the anime and kind of did something interesting and new with it. Um, I want to make it crystal clear. Uh, this turn with Julia, I fucking love. Genuinely love. It was unexpected for me. It's it's a new take. It's 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 a a direction that season two can go. I I appreciate the shit out of it. I think it's clever. Um. And if you're a fan of the anime and you don't understand why I think that, the reason is, is I don't want, like, if I want to watch the anime, I'll watch the fucking anime. I'll watch the story of the goddamn anime. I don't need to watch the story of the anime again in live action. That's unnecessary. Like, the the world that Cowboy Bebop resides in is cool enough to tell a story that's not identical. Straight up. And I appreciate the hell of that because then I get to watch a story that I haven't seen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that is something that I will say. The world is fucking cool. Very cool. And Misty did watch it with me. What's that? I love used future, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, what else feels used future? Star Wars. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, We've always loved that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, Misty, uh, she didn't watch it with me because, you know, I was watching it and she was working. And then when she wasn't working, she was playing Fallout. And, you know, that's what she does. It's her thing. Um, she looked over and she's like, 
how are you liking it? Because she heard me do a few audible groans in the first episode. And it's mainly about the soundtrack and a few of the stylistic choices. Uh, and after the first episode, I was like, I don't know. I need to watch more. I don't know how I feel yet, but the world's fucking cool. And, you know, that's one of the things she picked up on. She's like, yeah, the world does look very interesting. So she's like, what's it about? I was like, it's essentially bounty hunters in space. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, but uh, as for performances, John Cho fucking crushed it. Yeah, from... Uh... I'll say this about from um, like uh, anime accurate. Let me do this. Let me do this for Faye, Spike, and and Jet. Let me do like a one out of ten on how accurate they are to their anime counterpart. Mm-hmm. Faye is a solid seven out of ten. Um, there's a few mannerisms and things she does that is way different, but I think that's intentional and works for her wardrobe. If that makes sense. Gotcha. Um. Spike is a solid eight. Um, like, there's a few things he does that aren't quite like the anime Spike, but that's fine. It's totally fine. Um, uh, Jet, ten out of ten. Like, oh yeah. Uh, not only not only does he like exude the exact same kind of personality, he sounds like the fucking English dub. Oh yeah. Like huh. no joke, sounds like him. It's insane. Like when you watch it, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. But it is, yeah, fucking ten out of ten on on accuracy. It's insane. And I'll say also, um, a lot of the bounties they go after. Uh, the first bounty they go after the guy was the the lady, the pregnant lady, and uh, yeah, can't remember their names for the life of me. They're solid like nine out of ten each of them on accuracy. Uh, That's pretty awesome. Lefou, the the psychopath. Yeah, I'd say the crazy six, clown. I'd say six out of ten. Uh, what else? There was a oh, the teddy bear bomber is a solid four out of ten. <laughs> like it's not that accurate at all. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's. It, I was like, I was like, well, that's different. That's really different. <laughs> um, okay. uh, the uh, the eco terrorist lady, solid seven out of ten. On 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 uh, comic book or uh, well, I say comic book on anime accuracy. So, and now I know one that's very different, and you said was a vast improvement is the character of Grin. Yeah. So, uh, and it's only a, it's only an improvement because they actually gave Grin a character. Uh, in the anime, she's just like she's a, uh, um, she just works at the bar. And I think she's in like two episodes, three maybe. I have to rewatch the anime. It's been a, it's been a quite a few years since I watched the anime, but um, she's not like a she's not a primary character or as much of a character in uh, in the um, anime as she is in the show. Also, I should clarify: full on woman in the anime, um, not you know. Uh, I guess crossdresser because the actor is a crossdresser. Yeah, the actor is non-binary. Is non-binary? So, okay, they them. I wasn't sure. I know that the actor playing Ed is non-binary for sure, because they they posted a, a Netflix geeked Twitter account was like for all those that are asking where's Ed, and then like did a GIF, 
and it was like introducing blah blah blah. I can't remember her name or their name. Sorry. Um, uh, and then it had like the parentheses they them next to their name, and uh, the comments below were, you know what they were. You know how Twitter functions. Yeah. All or nothing. Oh yeah. So that's why I remember that that actors they them, but I wasn't sure if um uh what is what is their name? The actor's name. <sighs> they're fantastic. I know that they're they're gonna be in the uh Sandman show. Oh, uh the actor's name is Mason Alexander Park. Mason Alexander Park, yeah. Um, yeah, so fast improvement is a is a hard word to, or phrase to use for the character because it's like saying, you know, like you gave a character a character. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Yeah. But, so uh, we should say a big change then. Big change, yeah, yeah. For the positive. But a, really. but a positive change, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Because it was funny, like, a lot of people on Twitter were like, oh, uh, Mason Park, like, killed it as Grin. And, like, you know, and I was just like, yeah, killed it in, in regards of just playing the character. Because in the anime, it's not, not really a thing. But, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of other characters in the show that were directly from the anime. I might be missing a few. Uh, oh, Vicious. Vicious is... God, six out of ten, nine out of seven out of ten. I'll give seven out of ten. Um, I don't think you ever see the council that he uh, talks to in the anime ever. Oh, the elders. Yeah. Like, I'll so say this: the 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 head, the lead elder, turned out to be his father. Yeah, that's not a thing in the anime. That's not a thing in the anime, huh? If I'm not mistaken, like uh, Vicious is just straight the head of the syndicate in the anime. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Mm. As a matter of fact, we actually get a lot more interaction with Vicious in the live action than in the anime. A lot more. Like full on character development type shit. Hmm. Like in the in the anime, he is just the bad guy. He's the one that fucked over Spike. And that's that's it. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, man. I'm trying to think of anything else, really. Because I think that if you're watching this and you're and you're a fan of the anime, and you're complaining that it's not like the anime or they did something different, you're missing the point. You're 100 percent missing the point of this show. Of, of an adaptation. Like, they didn't change any of the characters' names. They kept the characters relatively the same. Um, it's a fucking adaptation. I don't know what to tell it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, as, as a newcomer, I found it very enjoyable, and it makes me uh, really want to watch the anime. You know, And the anime has been suggested to me for years and years and years people have always been like oh you gotta watch cowboy bebop it's great i love it and i'm like yeah i'll get around to it sometime and i've never made it a point to get around to it and even knowing that this show was coming out this past week 
Um, you know, I, uh, I was like, yeah, I'll go ahead and get around to watching the anime beforehand. And then I was like, no, I think I want to do it in reverse. And, you know, now I can check out the anime and know that there are differences. So I won't be, uh, surprised when I see those differences, but yeah, yeah I, I definitely want to see this get picked up for a second season. I need. I actually need to rewatch the entire anime because it has been years. Genuinely, it's been like a solid five years since I've watched it in its entirety. Well, hey, it's on Netflix, so <laughs> it's also it's also on uh, uh, Hulu as well. And uh, yeah, it's on it's on a lot of services. Like I said. also, I put the entire box set and the movie in my um, Secret Santa uh, list. <laughs> nice. So here's hoping. I um, used to have it. Is there a place? Is, is there a place to watch the movie? Did you know of? Let's find out. Uh, let's see. Watch the cow. Whoops. Watch cow the cow. Bebop the movie. I don't have to put the. I just put watch cow Bebop the movie. Um. Eh, okay, screen rant. Let's see. Do you have a location? So I'm going to uh, a lot of uh, animes. Can rent them on Amazon. No, you can't. You can't. I just I I thought you could. Oh, well, a lot of animes end up having a follow up movie that kind of wrap everything up. Is that what this one is? No, 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 no. Uh, No, no. The, The movie is like. There are 26 episodes of the anime. I think it's 26. I could be off on that. Um, and it takes place like any time between episode 12 and 22. Oh, so it's like a supplemental story that fits into the larger story as a whole. Yep. Hmm. Because the movie movie has every single character that is a main component to the Bebop. You know, Jet, Spike, Faye, Ed, Ein, all of them are there. Um, and it is the story itself of the, the movie is basically them going after a bounty that just turns out to be extremely dangerous. That's it. That's the movie. It's fan fucking tastic, but that's it. And, hmm. um, uh, so it's not essential to the overall story as a whole. It's no. just, it's just bonus supplemental. Here's some fun shit to fucking partake of. Yeah. Okay. Like, if you have the opportunity, if there's a way for people to see it, definitely watch it. But like I watched the entire anime multiple times before I even watched the movie. And then I did watch the movie in a theater, by the way. Um, and uh, highly, 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 highly recommend it. Um, especially if you're a fan of the anime, but it's hard as fuck to find. Apparently like it's not streaming anywhere. You can't rent it anywhere. As far as I can tell, like, that's rough. That's fucking rough. Uh, yeah, it's it's just. Um, that's right. The the title of it. The um. In America, it's just called Cowboy Bebop the movie. In Japan, it's mm-hmm. called Cowboy Bebop Heaven's Door. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Another thing about the um about the title episode, the episode titles. They're not identical to the anime either. 
but they're very similar in regards to it like kind of having a spin on a dance move or a style of music or a song. Okay. Yeah. That was something, a nice little touch that I was like, oh, I appreciate that. I really do. Um, here's Reddit. Hold on. Let's see if Reddit has an... Uh... Oh, that's an illegal site. <laughs> <laughs> we don't advocate, advocate piracy here. Nope. Support the original release, period. Uh, yeah, it's just not, yeah. Uh, maybe they'll add it eventually. I don't know why it's not anywhere. Well, I'll, I'll do a search for it. Yeah, that's, that's wild. Turn up. That's fucking wild. Um, well, uh, let's go ahead and give a grade and then get the fuck out of here. Uh, you go first. I'm going to give it an A. I think it was really solid. I think it was well done. It was a lot of fun. Little, uh, little slow to draw me in at first, but that's all. That's because of personal taste. Uh, but I was able to get past those little things that irritate me, and I'm glad that I gave it the chance and really enjoyed it. The, you know, I'm not a fan of the music genre itself, but for this for this series uh and i guess the anime as well uh the music works for it it just fucking does uh the characters are fun they're quirky uh an absolute goddamn delight uh really loved her character i think she was probably my favorite out of the three um but yeah i like it i like it a lot and I hope that it gets picked up for another season so they can t- continue to tell this story with the new twist that they decided to put on it. That's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, what What do you think? Uh, B plus. Um, I think that uh, it, it does a, a fantastic job at telling its story. Um, I do feel like there are parts of it that are a little too slow, a little too long drawn out. Um that maybe it didn't need to go into that much depth. I don't think it was fully necessary, but in that, in that vein, I think that uh, if, if people enjoyed it, that's a good thing. I do also feel like it tries a little too hard to be exactly like the anime. And that doesn't translate to film as well. Um, uh, It's really the only reasons I'm giving it a knock because the rest of it's fucking great. Um, Also, some of the sets just feel cheap. Feel cheap and very sound stagey. Like that whole episode where Spike uh, is inside the the simulation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like he kept having to go into that street, and I'm like, man, it does not get any better. It just keeps, like, I'm like, on a sound set. It looked like a sound stage in a fucking back lot of Warner Brothers. Yeah. Really bad. And I was like, "Mm, not a fan of that. Uh, But, um, yeah, other than that, like it's it's great. It's worth your time. It's a hundred percent worth your time. Like I know, you know, I wonder if that was intentional though, because that's a construct in his mind. I wonder if it was intentional to have it have that look. I thought about that for all the because other shots, because it's. I'll, I'll say this: the shot where uh, Spike walks up to the woman who has uh, who's pregnant, and and then he has that fight with Faye. It also looked like it was on a sound set, a sound stage. Mm-hmm. Um, other shots that are real look like that if it's outside, yeah, very specifically yeah. if it's outside. Like, there's a scene where Jet is using a uh, like a hologram telephone sort of thing to watch his daughter's uh recital, 
and uh, Spike outside is having a fight. Inside, yeah. inside, it looked great. I was like, man, this looks awesome. Outside, I was like, that is fake as hell. <laughs> yeah. No, I get you. I get you. So I think it was just a little more apparent, though, in that construct scene. Uh, 100%. Yeah, very much so. And it was probably intentional, but we'll never know. Yeah, I mean, it also could be because they don't have the budget. They didn't have the budget to do anything bigger than that. Yeah. Because uh, that a lot of people don't understand that CGI in movies, when you have to make huge sets and... Is expensive as food? It's really expensive. Like, way more expensive than people think. So, um, them having a low budget is totally fucking forgivable. Um, but I think for me, it just kind of, like, took me out of the scene because I noticed it immediately. Um, which it's, it's funny. I say that because anytime that they were on a, an actual location looked way better. Yeah. Like there was a, there was a moment where they're inside like a, a crate facility sort of thing. It's, it's like the final scene of the, of spikes, like backstory, mm-hmm. uh, or part of his backstory. And, uh, I was like, this looks great because they were on set, like not a set, but they were on like location. Yeah. So it just there's there's the difference there, and if you didn't notice it, fantastic. And I hope I didn't ruin any of those shots for you. But I was like, ooh, but like, I I have to give it a thousand and one percent fucking amazing props for the inside the bebop. Inside the bebop was so fucking cool. Holy shit! I also one of a small touch that I want to bring up that I fucking loved was that all of the technology looks like it it's from what 1998 thought technology would look like in the future. Oh, okay. I adore that. It's like this retro used future look. And I'm like, yeah, so good. Like, for example, um, a small thing that they do in the video game, alien, uh, isolation, isolation is make all the technology look like from the original alien movie. Yeah. And I'm like, that's such a nice little touch. I fucking love that. So the fact that they did this for this show, I was like, oh, that's I like, I I appreciate well, that. That that's also a cool thing they've done in, you know, Rogue One, made the tech look like the tech from the original Star Wars. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's 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 I love it when they do that shit. So I was just I was happy, but. Yeah, um, and well, it keeps it faithful and believable. True. Uh, so yeah, yeah. J- check out Cal Bebop. Check out the anime. Like, I you can't go wrong with Bebop at this point, in my opinion. Um, but I think that's where we're going to call it there. Before we get to the final outro stuff, I do want to bring up that uh, the guy who who I don't think he created. I could be wrong. Uh, Cowboy Bebop, but he did direct it and. Um, he had a lot of say into. He might have written it, wrote it, but I don't. I'm not 100 sure. Uh, Shinshiro Watanabe. Um, he's also done two other animes that I've watched that I that I also adore. I don't know where you can watch them, but I recommend Samurai Champloo. It's also roughly 26 episodes, but it's about three characters who kind of live in. They their their attitude towards things the the world that they exist in in their mind is still feudal Japan, but it's it was coming out of the feudal age into the industrial age, and it's it's them basically living in that world. And there's there's a story with all the characters there. There's three different characters, but uh, 
boy oh boy is that show fucking fantastic and he did that he did that um a few years after finishing cowboy bebop yeah apparently he did uh macross plus cowboy bebop samurai shampoo kids on the slope space dandy tear and resonance carol and tuesday uh, the Vision of Escaflone. He actually directed well, a couple of episodes. I was gonna say those other ones. He he um he didn't have as much like input on those other shows. The, no, the ones no. you already named, he was full on director and like yeah. he made those shows great. I need to watch. Uh, as for his films, he did Macross Plus, the Movie Edition, Cowboy Bebop, Knocking on Heaven's Door, the Animatrix, Mind Games. Oh, as the music producer, uh, and directed Genius Party and Blade Runner blackout 2022 yeah the two stories that he did in animatrix are fucking two of my favorites too they're fucking great but um yeah like i highly recommend checking his stuff is my point on that he's wonderful shinichiro watanabe yep cool Um, all right yeah so uh yeah uh we spent an hour talking about fucking Cowboy Bebop, which I'm okay with. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that's going to do it for us today, everybody. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about the uh, first three episodes of Hawkeye, because technically, as of recording this, the new episode, two episodes have just premiered on Disney+. Plus. So we're going to be talking about those episodes and then follow up each week as it goes on. But it's only six episodes, so um, it'll only be a few weeks that we talk about it. Actually, it's a whole month because it'll be four weeks total. Um, but uh, yeah, that'll be next week. I don't think we have anything else next week. Like, I, I don't like... think so, but if we add anything, we'll let you know. Well, what I would love to do is uh, if you're going to watch Cow- the, the anime of Cow Bebop, I want to talk to you next week on the podcast about what you thought. Of the oh, anime. now you're going to put a time constraint on me. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh <clears throat> It's well, not like I mean, you... it's, it's not like I don't have time. Well, I was gonna say, like the anime, watching the whole anime, I think, is less time than watching the live action show. Let me do the math on that. So it's twenty six episodes. episodes, and if they're twenty two tw- minutes in length, twenty two times twenty six is five hundred and seventy two minutes divided by sixty is nine point five hours. So it is so about shorter. the exact same time. Just yep. about. I would say I would say technically, well, because yeah, each episode of of the live action wasn't a full hour; it was like forty five minutes. It's it's going to be roughly about the same amount of time, maybe a little bit more, depending on the episode length. If they if they aren't exactly twenty two minutes, they should be. They 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 were all made for like airing on TV with commercials in Japan. So, because uh, that's the thing about anime in Japan is that it's it's a prime time sort of thing. It's not like a it's not like how animation is here in America. Which, that's also changing because of streaming services, but that's besides the point. Anyway, so next week, Hawkeye. Small discussion with Maya about the anime of Cowboy Bebop because I really want to hear your opinion on it. I value your opinion, Maya. Okay? Well, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, check out... Hold on, let me bring up my notes because I always forget to fucking say what I need to say. Uh, make sure you check out all the socials down listed below. Uh, go follow us on all of those. Uh, keep up with that because usually that's where we'll try to post if we're going to watch something new that we've, you know, added to the thing. Um, uh, 
yeah, check out our Teespring store. Uh, obviously, there's going to be some changes to it uh, in the future here. But, you know, if you want to buy something, post it on social media and we'll uh, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll share it if you if you're cool with that and say thanks. And we appreciate you and your pretty face. Uh, also, check out the YouTube channel. That's where you'll see the live version of these episodes. Uh, and um, give that a like. And a follow and a subscribe and all that shit because it helps us, helps the algorithm. You hear me say it every week. I just say it again and again every time. But that's it for that. Maya, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile. So if you wish to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, those are linked to the Facebook page and you can follow me from there. Uh, as for other shows, I'm on another podcast uh, the on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel on alternating Wednesdays. Every other Wednesday on a show called Figure Banging uh, at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And that is a live action figure review show. And then on alternating Wednesdays, I sometimes appear on Shelf Gravy, which is a uh, diorama building slash painting slash tutorial how to do figure customization, etc., things like that, interacting with live chat. So I'm I'm a I see myself as a guest on the show, but they tell me that you know I'm always welcome there. And I don't always appear, but I am welcome to appear anytime I wish. So you know, much love to them for that. But those are all the places you can find me. Uh Nerd Life Syndicate is no longer a thing. Uh we decided to uh end that show unfortunately i was just scheduling conflicts things just you know it's hard to do a show on friday nights and we had been doing it for as two different variations of the show mpsp theater first and then nerd life syndicate for the past three and a half years and you know it's a lot of friday nights to be giving up family time and things like that and it's just taking a break from it so it's not a thing right now so who knows what will happen in the future but yeah, that's me. Uh, Greg, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on all socials under Chub Rock Geek. Um, also, uh, if you want, go follow the Mission Start podcast. Podcast. Um, that's where uh, my buddy Anthony and I talk about video games uh, from time to time. We're doing it like seasonally. So every quarter, I should say. Um, I want to record one here soon with him about the upcoming Game Awards. Because uh, they announced the nominees for every single category. And as of right now, within the um, Game of the Year nominees, two stand out to me. And that's Psychonauts 2 and It Takes Two. Uh, both those games are fucking stellar. But we'll see how the other ones fare. Like, they're not bad games. I just haven't played them. <laughs> I'm just, we're going to watch them. But, uh, but yeah, uh, hopefully I can record that with him soon and we'll get that up. But... Um, if you want to hear us talk about video games, that's where you do that. Other than that, I can't think of any other place you'd, you'd, you'd follow me. I guess follow the Twitch, my Twitch channel, uh, Chub Rock Geek. Um, I know that next Tuesday when Season 6 of Fall Guys comes out, I'm going to be streaming that. Um, and uh, I want to do more Jackbox in, down the line, but got to find time to do that. I know that this upcoming Saturday I'm going to be very busy, so it's not going to happen this Saturday, but... Maybe next Saturday we'll see. I don't know. Um, 
but yeah, that's it. And that's all. Um, again, uh, you know, farewell to Betty on the podcast, but best of luck with the shop, the shop being reopened and, uh, you know, we hope it's successful for you. We really do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but, um, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, thanks for being on the podcast for so long. Uh, we brought her in last year around October, I think. No, it's it late August. I think it was late August. Okay. I knew it was yeah. the fall. I knew it was like going into the fall when we brought her in, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I really enjoyed what she brought to the show, uh, her yeah. perspectives and insights. And I am going to miss that. Um, you know, and if, who knows we'll we'll see how the things go in the future and you know she may want to come back if time permits but i don't want it to be on the uh for a reason of you know her business failing or anything like that you know i i want that to be successful for her right uh, i don't want her, this show to have her at a, as at the cost of her livelihood you know right right you know that thing i did the, i started the show with you maya because i was like it was kind of therapeutic and cathartic to, to mm -hmm. do this every week and and uh you know we're not going to stop doing that anytime soon no no um, so um and and you and i have been through a lot in our personal lives doing the show oh absolutely so i lost but uh but yeah um, Got my I, <laughs> I uh, was here uh, for all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get out of here. Yeah. Uh, again, like I said, next week, Hawkeye. We're going to watch that and talk about that. And uh, I'm putting uh, a timer shirt on my to watch fucking Cowboy Bop. I just want to hear your opinion on it. I'm like, I'm so excited to hear. Oh, like, okay, I know. I know. That's really, that's really the like. I'm being selfish with it. <laughs> that's fine. At least you can admit it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. <laughs>